Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of History of the MCU, the podcast that covers anything and everything MCU-related. I'm one of your hosts, Jake, but you probably know me as Lord Anarchy or Lord of Thunder. You may also know me as Agatha. And I am the Blood Wraith, the Scarlet Bitch, Goddess of Chaos and Beauty, Jenny. Yes, bitch. <laughs> if it sounds like I'm at a rock concert right now, it's because I am. I am recording live above a Barishi practice. Shameless plug for Joe. B-A-R-I-S-H-I. You can check them out. Very cool. Do metal for an arduous journey. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at History of the MCU. Email us your questions, stories, and theories at historyofthemcu at gmail.com or visit our website, historyofthemcu.com. We will be launching a Patreon in the next couple of weeks. All of the details yet, but you'll definitely end up getting access to a special Discord channel, early access to our character deep dives and our Infinity Saga analysis, some behind the scenes stuff, cut portion of episodes, bloopers. As always, thanks everyone so much for the support. It literally means the world to us. I am once again in my Bernie Sanders voice requesting that you come and hang out with us in Discord. It's really the best time ever. The people over there never, ever fail to put a smile on our face. The easiest way for you to get that link is to shoot us a DM on history at history of the MCU on either Twitter or Instagram, and we'll get you that link. That's yeah, a really great little community we're building over there with some really wonderful people. You yeah. can really make friends from all over. Yeah. So, spoiler warning, this time from JMac. This is a rewatch podcast, so we will potentially be talking about any of the MCU movies, one-shots, TV shows, tie-in comics. And this week, we will give everyone a little preview of the next Marvel property in the pipeline, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So let's get on into it. Yeah, so we'll start out with the, the first title character here, Sam Wilson, a.k.a. Falcon. Woo! Born Samuel Thomas Wilson, he was a former U.S. Air Force pararescue man who retired from the service after his partner Riley was killed in a combat ops. After retiring, Sam chooses to help other veterans with adjusting back to civilian life. Aww. Yeah, yeah. And yo, headcanon here, I think that's why Steve starts a support group in Endgame is definitely like his like way to appreciate Sam since he's no longer around because he got dusted. Oh my God, my heart. Oh, thanks for that. Starting early. <laughs> So Sam is the head of a veteran support group. I think it's probably safe to assume that this is his actual job and he works for the VA. So we pick up him with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. After having a, a meet cute with Cap, because that's like literally exactly what it is, Sam eventually gets pulled into Cap's conflict with Hydra. He hides Nat and Cap after Zola attempted to kill them with a missile strike and informs the two about his former exploits in the Air Force. Cap and Nat acquire the XO-7 Falcon suit, and Sam teams up with those two to defeat the Winter Soldier and stop Hydra from launching Project Insight. The next time we see Sam is brief in Age of Ultron, but we know that he and Steve have been looking for Bucky since the end of the Winter Soldier, and Sam at this point is not yet an Avenger. Next point in Sam's timeline, we see him in Ant-Man. Yeah. He's now a full-fledged Avenger, so we've, we've seen some progress there. He's now living at the Avengers compound and is sent to investigate a breach at the compound where he ends up meeting Scott Lang, aka our beloved Ant-Man. The two have a hysterical fight, and Sam needs assurance that Cap will never find out about this. In a post credit scene that is a cut-down scene from Civil War, Sam and Steve have Bucky captive and are checking to see if they're dealing with Bucky or the Winter Soldier. 
Yeah, I really love that. And his appearance in Ant-Man, that was something that was before I was really into the MCU. So I don't know if that was something that was known floating around on the internet at the time. Same here, yeah. When he showed up in Ant-Man, I died. That scene is so funny. So next we pick up with Sam in Civil War. And Sam is quite obviously on Team Cap in this. And we don't need to delve into the events of the movie too deeply, but Sam and most of Team Cap end up staying behind as Bucky and Steve rush off to Siberia in what they think is an attempt to stop Zemo from activating the other Winter Soldiers. Sam and company end up arrested and are sent to the Raft, a floating prison in the middle of the ocean that is specifically for superpowered people. Sam gives Tony some intel so that Tony can assist with stopping the other Winter Soldiers, and then at the end of the movie, Cap appears at the Raft to break Sam and the rest of Team Cap out of the Raft. We next see Sam here in Infinity War. Sam, Nat, and Steve, the Secret Avengers. Uh, this is something that I've talked about a whole lot. I need them to do way more with what they did in those two years. They've been on the run, and there actually is a prelude comic for Infinity War that shows one of their missions during their time as the Secret Avengers. They continue to help people in spite of being wanted war criminals. Sam and company show up to save Vision and Wanda from an attack by Corvus Glaive in Proxima Midnight and then head to Wakanda where they eventually fight against Thanos' troops and ends in Sam being dusted as War Machine calls out his name. It seems that they have a pretty friendly relationship here and Don Cheadle does, we'll talk about this a little bit later too, he's going to make an appearance in this show. Obviously Sam's been dusted so his next appearance is in Endgame. He's not in much of the movie but he does show up during the portal scenes and finally gets to say on your left to Steve. I really need to see the conversation between Sam and Doctor, Doctor Strange when he tells Strange that he needs his portal to be specifically on the left of Steve. <laughs> Just being very particular about it. Oh, yeah. It's like, are you fucking serious right now? Like, yo, I need to be on the left. Like, we have this thing, <laughs> strange, like, Steven, we have this thing together, and I need you to do this for me. Do you realize this opportunity I'm about to blow if you do not help <laughs> me with this? Please. Please. So, the Avengers win, obviously. And while Bucky is aware Steve is going back to stay in the past with Peggy, Sam doesn't know and is super worried when Steve does not return to the Quantum Realm platform quickly. Bucky instead directs Sam to Old Cap, where we get one of the most touching scenes in the MCU to date, and Cap names Sam the next Captain America and gives him the shield. This show is probably going to pick up a lot like WandaVision did, like weeks, just a few weeks after the events of this. We've seen in some of the trailers, we've seen Sam with the shield, with the big Cap uh, like memorial picture behind him. We'll talk about that memorial here in a little bit, too. But yeah, I, I think this is going to pick up directly after that. And I know that we're going to touch on what it was like to be snapped, what society was like while people were gone, and how everyone's readjusting to half the world's population being back. Next, let's get into Mr. Knife Flip, Bucky Barnes, or the Winter Soldier. So Sergeant James Buchanan Barnes is a World War II veteran a former officer in the 107th Infantry Regiment and BFF of Steve Rogers since childhood. Bucky enlisted in the Army in 1943 and was assigned to the 107th, then shipped out. The 107th was captured by Hydra, where Bucky was experimented on by Arnim Zola. The 107th was eventually saved. Next up, we see Bucky in the first Avenger, Captain America. When we meet Bucky, he's Steve's protector. And as we travel throughout this arc, Steve, in turn, becomes Bucky's protector from the outside as Bucky's perceived as a villain due to brainwashing from Hydra. I really do love Steve and Bucky's dynamic throughout the first Avenger. As Bucky leaves for war, he was always looking out for Steve. And then the next time Bucky sees Cap, Cap is quite literally a new man at this point. 
Bucky is the only Howling Commando to die in his service of the country. And as this is a rewatch podcast, we know that isn't the case. That train scene, man, that that joint kills me every single time. So we pick up next and see Bucky again, obviously, in The Winter Soldier, as he's the title character of that movie. <laughs> um, as I've mentioned before in our history of the history of the MCU mini episode, the Winter Soldier reveal in the Winter Soldier reveal in Captain America, the Winter Soldier literally blew my mind because this was back before I was really heavily invested in the MCU. And growing up on DC comics and shows rather than Marvel, I had no clue that Bucky was going to be the Winter Soldier. I love that the Winter Soldier focuses on Cap again now trying to save his best friend. And even though Bucky has been brainwashed, the bond between him and Steve is what begins to break down Hydra's brainwashing. And at the end, Cap will not kill Bucky. And even though Bucky attempts to kill Steve, Bucky still can't leave Steve in the river to die. That was a that's a great scene. And there's actually a, a really cool parallel between the Winter Soldier and Civil War where Bucky pulls Cap out of the water in the Winter Soldier. And then in Civil War, when the helicopter crashes, Steve pulls Bucky out of the water. So that's a cool thing. I actually Aww. got a pair. I've got a parallel clip of that that I'll eventually when I get back to posting the parallels on my Twitter account that I'll definitely get up there. Bucky's next appearance is quick. It's in Ant-Man. He is in a cut down post credit scene. After getting hit in the head real hard, he gets blocked. <laughs> and that brought him out of the Hydra brainwashing and back to being the Bucky BFF that Steve has known forever. That's one thing I really do like about brainwashing that we've seen like throughout the MCU. Like a hard hit to the head will bring you out of that. It's the same thing that happened with Bo and Emo, my least favorite character in the MCU, when he got brainwashed by Loki in Avengers. Bo and Emo. It it the the cadence of it and the sound of it made me think of Baron Zemo. So I was like, <laughs> He's like the antithesis because you love Zemo. So that's wicked funny. That's really interesting, too, though, that you say that about the hit to the head, because in real life, oftentimes it's the opposite. That can that's a huge factor in creating a lot of the serial killers and yeah. people who have caused a lot of chaos and violence. Yep. So it's Definitely. it's interesting that that kind of flips the flips the script a little bit in the MCU. Absolutely. So next we pick up with Bucky in Civil War. And this is one of my, even though a lot of people call it Avengers 2.5, at the core of this movie, it is a Cap movie because it's really the relationship, the love triangle between Cap and his old boyfriend, Bucky, and Cap and his new bo boyfriend, Tony Stark. The triangles that we see throughout the MCU, yes. I'm here for the soap opera. Yes. yes, the drama. But we see Zemo here use Bucky's likeness to kick off the events of Civil War, and we begin to dig much deeper into Bucky's past as the Winter Soldier. The biggest revelations in this movie being Bucky can have the Winter Soldier turned on and off by a set of code words, longing, rusted, 17, daybreak, furnace, nine, benign, homecoming, one, freight car. And it's said in Russian, but that just sets Bucky off and it, it makes him, it, it activates the brainwashing and he's ready to comply at that point. We see Zemo do it to him in this movie and that scene, this is actually one of my favorite scenes, this fight scene that we get against the Winter Soldier and the Avengers. We eventually see Bucky's persona resurface and we find out that, we find out that Bucky is not the only Winter Soldier. After the airport fight scene, Steve and Bucky jet off to stop Zemo from reactivating the other Winter Soldiers, but instead, Bucky, Steve, and Tony walk into a trap laid by Zemo to set the three against each other and tear the Avengers apart. In another one of the best scenes of the MCU, we see these three fight, and I've got, I love reductive 
explanations of movies and you've got 200 year old super soldiers beating up an orphan after the orphan found found out that one of the super soldiers killed his parents (laughs) but in this fight we see bucky lose his metal arm steve leaves the shield behind and tony is left with a broken arc reactor and the avengers are forever fractured after this Steve then takes Bucky to Wakanda, where Bucky willingly goes back into cryo-freeze until they can remove the Winter Soldier programming from his brain. So as Bucky's on ice, we move into Black Panther and his timeline. He shows up in the post credit scene where he is now defrosted, meaning he's been completely deprogrammed by Shuri and company in Wakanda. And in Wakanda, they refer to him as the White Wolf, which I think may end up being his name before the show is over, which is a really, really cool note. Yeah. I can't imagine him wanting to continue being referred to as the Winter Soldier because that's a pretty negative connotation. Oh, it's yeah. tied to a lot of hurt and chaos he caused. It's caused, It's tied to him being the villain. So yeah. that uh, that may or may not have been Jake's note, but I definitely agree with that. Yeah, it, it was, but I, I think it's a fantastic... The director has talked about potentially wanting to do a second season of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I think if we do get a second season, it'll be Captain America and the White Wolf. I can't imagine... Ooh. Yeah, I can't imagine them using those same monikers. So after this Black Panther post credit scene, we are on to Infinity War. Yeah, Bucky is still in Wakanda during these events, but T'Challa says the White Wolf has rested long enough as they bring Bucky a new black and gold vibranium arm. I love it so much. We love the Wakanda design. Bucky fights with the remaining Avengers on Earth, but is unfortunately dusted before Cap's eyes, meaning Cap has now seen his Biffle die twice. He and Wanda should get he and Wanda should get coffee. Yeah, they they definitely should. Oh my god, yeah. Iceland, lay down. Everyone uh update on Iceland. She's doing much better. She's finally coming out of all the this surgery lag. Hold on one sec. She's coming out of the surgery lag and is trying to get back to being a puppy again. And not going to work for me right now because you're still injured and we have to get through all of this. So we pick up with Bucky in Endgame. And obviously Bucky is not in most of this movie since like Sam, he was dusted. But this last scene with Cap is so, so good. It's so obvious the first time I even watched the scene that Bucky and Steve had talked. And Bucky knows that Steve is leaving. Don't do anything stupid until I get back. How can I? You're taking all the stupid with you. I cry because this is a direct parallel to the first Avenger when Bucky leaves for war and they don't know if they're going to see each other again. And it's the exact same thing right here. There are some people that don't agree that Bucky knows that Steve is leaving, but I don't really see how anyone thinks this because if that was the case, why are Bucky's last words going to be, I miss you, buddy. And why does he look so sad as he says those? I know there are a lot of people that don't really care for Steve's ending, but I personally love it. Cap thought Bucky was dead and then saved his best friend and brought him back and he's no longer the Winter Soldier. And to be frank, Cap deserved to live a happy life after everything he's done, the amount of times he sacrificed himself and willing to sacrifice himself again and again. Sure, him and Bucky are two of the only people who know what it's like to be men out of their time, but Cap had to find his own way in the world before he knew Bucky was there and now Bucky has to do the same thing too. And yeah, Steve could have been a support system, but... That's one of those things that I think you kind of have to go through on yourself. But I was just going to say the same thing. It's like you can't, as Steve learned through the experience, that's not something you can necessarily lean on somebody for. Yeah. To do it, it because it makes you the person. Yes. 
Yes. At the end of the movie, Bucky is the one who notices Old Cap, and while I do really wish that Bucky had got a chance to talk to Old Cap, the scene we got between Sam and Old Cap was super meaningful and very, very beautiful. Um, And again, like I said, Bucky and Steve had already said their goodbyes to each other, so it wasn't necessary. Even though we didn't get to see it, it did happen off screen, and they had already come to terms and peace with that. So, let's talk about one of my favorite characters in the MCU, Baron Helmet Zemo. Oh, I love this man so much. Zack mask. Yes, I can't wait. I'm so excited for that mask. One cool thing, we actually don't have this in the theory section that we'll talk about here in a little bit, but it's been theorized that the in-universe reason for Zemo wearing that mask is because he's emulating Thanos, and Thanos actually defeated the Avengers, and, you know, he's got the purple ball sack face, and... That's exactly almost what Zemo's mask looks like. Zemo was a former colonel in the Sokovian Armed Forces and was the commander of the Echo Scorpion Squad. He lost his family in the events of Age of Ultron, likely when all the debris crashed back down from the city falling back to Earth. And he says it took him two days to uncover his family's bodies. This sets Zemo on a path to destroying the Avengers, and not by beating them physically, but destroying them from within. There's no need to retell all the events of Civil War. If you want to know what Zemo did and why he's one of the best, probably top four villains in the MCU, just go and watch Civil War. Or you can wait for us to break it down in the coming weeks. Stay tuned. But Zemo is incredibly impressive because he has no superpowers. And besides Thanos, he's the only villain to actually defeat the Avengers. At the end of Civil War, he attempts suicide, but is stopped by T'Challa and handed over to the Joint Counterterrorism Center for his imprisonment. He obviously still harbors a major grudge against the remaining Avengers and any other superpowered people that we've seen from some of the trailers here. So I'm real excited to dive uh, into into Zemo here and to see what's going to happen with him in this show. Next up, another big character that we have seen posters of that we will see in the show is Sharon Carter. Yeah, I'm so excited for her. Yes. So Miss Sharon Carter is the great niece of S.H.I.E.L.D. founder Peggy Carter. She followed in Peggy's footsteps and joined S.H.I.E.L.D., but never revealed her relation to Peggy as to not live up to what would have been an incredibly high expectation for her. Under orders from Nick Fury, she went undercover as a nurse and moved in next to Steve Rogers. Carter remained loyal to S.H.I.E.L.D. during the Hydra uprising and after the dissolution of S.H.I.E.L.D., joined the CIA and was eventually stationed at the Joint Counterterrorism Center. Sounds familiar. Yeah. She returned Cap and Sam's equipment to them during the events of Civil War, indirectly leading the Avengers Civil War, and due to these actions, she's been on the run ever since. She fell victim to the Thanos snap during the events of Infinity War, and upon returning in the blip, continued her life on the run. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with her. It's cool that she's one of the main characters, so I think she's probably going to get like the Monica Rambeau treatment. I'm excited. Yeah, because that's one of the things is a lot of people reduce her to a love interest, and I think that's super shitty because she does so much good shit on her own, even though a lot of it is probably off screen. She's still her own very fully formed character, and I'm really happy that these shows are going to dive into these side character backstories a whole lot. Another big player we're going to see is John Walker, a.k.a. U.S. Agent. And that's his name in the comics, and I think that he may have the Captain America moniker when we start this show, but I obviously think by the time we get to the end, that's going to change, and I think he will end up as U.S. agent. That makes sense. So, ex-soldier... Yep. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that what Jenny's fixing to go into right here is pulled directly from the Marvel Encyclopedia. Uh, It's... if If you get it on Amazon, I think it's like 
you can get it for like 30 or 35 bucks, but it's a $60 book, but it's fantastic because it's, it's great. Yeah. It's got, Jenny's got one too. It's got great little excerpts about all of the characters and stuff. So when we get to these new properties and you don't know stuff, obviously tune into the podcast and we'll inform you, or, you know, if you want to do some stuff on your own, I think that's a great reference point. Yeah. We'll always have a little extra info for you, but it's a great place to start. And uh, the art in it's really cool. The way it's all laid out is it's like a comic book in itself. It's super cool. So it's definitely worth a, worth a nerd bookshelf ad. Oh, yeah. So to get into John Walker, ex-soldier John Walker struck a deal with the power broker, who we'll uh, discuss shortly here, to become the hero's super patriot. Sounds like Gronkowski. When Steve <laughs> Rogers... <laughs> When Steve Rogers retired as Captain America, Walker replaced him in the role. After Rogers reclaimed the shield, Walker became U.S. agent. He lost his left arm and leg in combat and became the warden of the Raft Super Prison. So we're hearing some common threads here in these backstories. Walker confronted Sam Wilson when Sam seemed to lose control as Captain America, and he later joined the struggle against the evil Hydra Captain America. Yeah, and I admittedly, admittedly do not know a whole lot about John Walker. But I can already tell you that I don't like him in the MCU because he's a government pawn in Dollar Store Captain America. He's a fucking patsy. <laughs> but we can we can revisit my feelings about him once this show is over. But I think from that description right there, we do see some things that could be future threads for him in the MCU. Obviously, he's probably going to be Captain America. The government's going to make him Captain America rather than Sam because Sam is still technically a war criminal at this point. The Warden of the Raft is a really cool thing. Um, confronting Sam about losing control when he's Captain America. I haven't read that comic arc, but that's something that we could potentially see in the future. Um, and we've discussed this before on one of our minisodes that Chris Evans may be in negotiations to come back to the MCU. And one of the potential roles may be for him as the evil Hydra Captain America from an alternate Earth and Earth in the multiverse. Yeah. So give me, give me dickhead Chris Evans from Knives Out with the beard and as a Hydra agent. That sounds so fucking cool. As long as they also bring back the sweat. Another big character that we're going to have in this is going to be a new one is Flag Smasher. Carly Morgenthau. She's going to be played by Aaron Kellyman. This excerpt right here is also from the Marvel Encyclopedia I mentioned earlier. When his diplomat father died in a riot, Flag Smasher vowed to establish peace by violent means. Regarding nationalism as the root of the problem, he began a terrorist campaign against the symbols of national identity. Forming the terrorist group Ultimatum, Flag Smasher eventually takes over the country Rumpkinstein. I think that we'll probably get some of these some of these fictional countries introduced here real soon. I think Doom's going to make his appearance soon, so Latveria is going to become a thing. We've previously talked about Atlantis slash Lumeria, depending on what they do with the comics. So I think we'll start to see some of these fictional countries come into play. Reading this excerpt from the Marvel Encyclopedia, one of the big departures from the comic books here is Flag Smasher is gender bent in the MCU. Another what appears to be a departure from the comic is that she's going to have superhuman abilities, which is not the case in the comic. So we'll touch on that here in a little bit. Much like in the comics, she's kind of go after symbols of nationalism, which is probably going to put her on a path against John Walker as he's going to be the new Captain America. I doubt that she's going to have much concern for Bucky and Sam as Sam's not Captain America. Uh, Bucky is a whole ass terrorist at this point. So I, I don't really see her having an issue with them, but Bucky and Sam are obviously superheroes now, and they're on the side of good things, and we can't just let terrorists run wild. I also do think that she will be on a path against Zemo, because if it is the case that her father 
was killed in the bombing, Zemo was the one that actually perpetuated that bombing, even though he used the Winter Soldier likeness. So she would have big beef against Zemo, too. So I'm really excited to see what we're going to go ahead and do with this character moving forward. A few other notable characters that are set to appear. Some of these are from Scoopers, so let's take these with a grain of salt because a lot of Scoopers have missed lately with WandaVision stuff. Our first one is James Rhodes, a.k.a. Yeah. War Machine. Uh, Don Cheadle himself did confirm this a few months back, so we're, we're pretty sure we can expect to see him. The next one is Batrock the Leaper, confirmed to appear in the show. I don't really know anything about this character, so... He was at the beginning of the Winter Soldier. He's the one that uh, took over the Lumerian Star, the ship that Cap boards at the very beginning. But I don't know how big Backtrack the Leaper's role is going to be. He may actually end up showing up in the first episode. I've seen some of the um, limited reviews that they've been able to put on uh, social media at this point now. And an old villain from the MCU shows up. And I know that it's not Zemo. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So I don't know how big of a role he's going to have. But it's real cool that they are bringing, you know even small size villains like that back into the fold. Yeah. I like the multi-villain approach, especially when you have this many hours of content, like we've talked yes. about before. The next one is Eli Bradley. This is based on a report from Murphy's multiverse. I, Eli Bradley leads directly into the next one. Isaiah Bradley. This hasn't been confirmed by any scooper to my knowledge, but I think we'll, we'll in the theory section, we'll really dive into why I think he's going to show up in the, in this show. Um, the next one we have here is Lamar Hoskins as Battlestar. In the comics, he basically is John Walker's Bucky. And so we haven't seen a lot of Cap and Bucky fighting together in the MCU, but that was very, very prominent in the comics. I think a more apt comparison for the MCU is that Hoskins will be Walker's Sam because, you know, Sam and Steve were together for literally all of their appearances until Sam got dusted. This is also based on reporting from Mur Murphy's Multiverse. And we actually have an actor identified for this one. It's going to be Clay Bennett. So I'm really excited for that. The last character we've got here that I think might show up is the Power Broker. And this is just pure speculation on my part. In the comics, Power Broker gives powers to multiple people, including John Walker and Lamar Hoskins. So I think it stands to reason that the Power Broker will be introduced in the MCU during this show. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is how... Flag Smasher ends up getting her powers. But yeah, I definitely think that we could we could see the Power Breaker finally make his introduction into the MCU, and this is how some of these characters end up getting powers. Um, so I think this leads real well into this theory section we've got right here. And I mentioned this a little bit ago, based on the limited reviews that we have that have been released, it doesn't appear that Zemo is showing up in the first episode, so I can already tell you this is going to be my least favorite episode of the show. I don't care what else they do in it. <laughs> We can definitely expect to see a memorial for Cap. We've seen this in the trailers. The general public likely thinks Cap died in the battle at the Avengers compound during the events of Endgame. So they know nothing about old Cap, which is good because they shouldn't. Yeah, so I think that old Cap is going to be dead in this show and that Sam and Bucky are actually mourning his loss. In one of the release clips we've seen that's an extended portion of the trailer, Sam calls Bucky Buck, and then Bucky refers to Steve in the past tense, and that wouldn't be necessary unless Old Cap was dead as well, too. Um, so that's real sad. I was curious what they were going to do with Old Cap in the MCU, but it seems like he may already be dead, and that is sad. So I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. I think that Zemo is eventually going to have to team up with Sam and Bucky to beat Flag Smasher, because I'm pretty sure Flag Smasher is going to want Zemo dead too, especially if, you know, we had anything, if 
if Zemo had anything to do with Flag Smasher's father's death, and that's what set Flag, Ma Flag Smasher on this terrorist route. So, I like I said, I really want to see Zemo become an anti-hero. I love him a whole lot. We think we can see Sam turn down the shield from the U.S. government at first, but accept it by the end of the show likely due to conversations with Isaiah Bradley and his history. So I'm going to introduce Isaiah and hit the theory here and let you really dive into it. Gotcha. Isaiah Bradley is introduced as one of the first superpowered people in the universe, but was experimented on during the process to recreate the super soldier serum after Erskine's death and Cap going into the ice. So this here is a departure from the comics. In the comics, they, they tested the super soldier serum on black people first. And Isaiah Bradley got powers and was eventually court-martialed because he was using his powers to help save people. But I think that it makes way more sense in the MCU for this to be after Erskine and Cap going into the ice. We know from Agent Carter that the government had 12 vials of Cap's blood and that Howard Stark had one that he eventually goes on to give to Peggy Carter and she sub subsequently destroys this. In Agent Carter... The only non-Marvel Studios TV show that I consider canon, and you can check out my Twitter to see why on that. I don't want to take up too much time here because I could rant on that for days. Do a Patreon episode about it. Oh, yeah. But we know that the government have been, has been trying to recreate the Super Soldier Serum since Cap went into the ice, and they have almost exhausted their supply of Cap's blood. Um, so like I said, this would be a departure from the comics, but it wouldn't. it would make complete sense for me for the U.S. government to experiment on black folks to try to recreate this serum. And while I can, I can see how some people say that it may be more compelling for these experiments to go on prior to the super soldier serum being created, I think within the context of the MCU, it makes way, way more sense for it to happen after. Abraham Erskine seemed like a very, very good dude. And Cap is also not around to deal with the consequences of finding out that he... He got his powers through experimentations on black people. And it, this just retroactively kills Erskine's character. So I, I think it'll be them, the government experimenting on black folks afterwards. But I'm almost certain that Isaiah Bradley's going to appear. He's going to give this backstory to Sam. And this is going to be one of the catalysts that ends up forcing, not forcing, is one of the catalysts that, you know, makes Sam eventually pick up the shield and become Captain America at the end of the show. We also have here Eli Bradley the grandson of Isaiah Bradley. In the comics, he uses a drug to give himself powers so he could become a founding member of the Young Avengers, which we know is coming up as well. So we're curious to see how they adopt him to the MCU and whether he has innate superpowers, uses drugs, or is possibly given powers by the power broker or something along those lines. Yeah, I think there are a lot of options and we know that the MCU never... We know that the MCU never adapts uh, comics panel for panel. So I'm real curious to see what they're going to do with this. Another little theory I got here is I, I really think we may get a Peggy Carter appearance in like a flashback because she would be vehemently against the idea of experimentation to recreate the super soldier serum, especially if it was on black folks. So, yeah, I think this is going to be something that that we it, there's been no indication that Haley Atwell has been on set for this. But I think it would be something really, really cool. And I think a great way to kind of loop her into the show. And then, you know, we've got Sharon Carter, too, so we could get flashbacks of a young Sharon and a Peggy Carter. So I think that's a really cool idea. So this next theory is not one of ours, but it is from a friend of ours, Akira, who is a yeah. Discord channel. So again, if you want to send us theories, you can send them in and we might talk about them. So Akira's theory has uh, planted a horrible thought in our heads. What if the Winter Soldier 
is the one who killed Riley. Now, we sincerely hope this is not the case because we'd end up with another instance of Bucky having to deal with the fallout of the Winter Soldier killing another one of his friend's partners, like him killing Tony's parents. Yeah, and so this is something that I have not been able to get out of my mind since Kara mentioned this, and I think it was probably like two weeks ago at this point. And um, like I said, I've, I've talked about this on Twitter. I really, really hope that The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is like a whole bunch of comedy and laughs and a whole lot of action, and that they don't try and ruin us emotionally. But with what we saw from WandaVision and the trauma that Bucky's going to have to deal with, with his past actions as the winter soldier i think we might get some of these real sad notes i really hope they don't take it this far this would be something hard for for sam to get past with bucky i'm I'm not ready for that kind of shit after wandavision please don't do that to us please don't do it it would be compelling compelling storytelling but i would i would prefer not and so i i think that it is there's a lot of potential for that to happen. And I think if you look at it in the context of when these shows were supposed to be released, they weren't supposed to be this close to each other. So we wouldn't be on these just super traumatic emotional roller coasters back to back. We should have had some months in between these to digest and get okay with some of this stuff. But I am a little bit worried about the trauma with this. And I think one of the things that we will see in the show is that uh, Bucky and Sam, we obviously know they have at least one therapy session together. We've seen this in the trailers. Um, I know that Bucky has at least one solo session. And I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of frame these episodes around these therapy sessions. And uh, most of the episodes are kind of like flashbacks of Bucky and Sam telling these stories. I think it get, it makes for a cool dynamic for Bucky and Sam, you know, with that 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 buddy cop, but I hate each other kind of relationship they have going um the odd couple thing yeah yeah and and with 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 knowing that bucky's going to get his own individual therapy session i wouldn't be surprised if sam gets one as well too and that's where we really get some more backstory on that mission where riley dies so like i said i really do hope this is largely way more lighthearted and a lot of comedy and action but i do think that we're going to get some traumatic moments in this show (laughs) huzzah so yeah, I guys, I think this probably about wraps us up again for uh, another episode of History of the MCU. As always, thank you so much for joining us. I hope that we not only provided you some hype for this show, but provided from some context for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You can find me on Twitter at Lord underscore Anarchy or at Lord of Thunder. The O in the of is a zero. You can find me on Twitter at Bloody Baroness, on Instagram at It's the Bloody Baroness. 18 plus, folks. It is my modeling account as well. Jenny posts some fire pics, yo. <gasps> Fantastic. But yes, it is 18 plus. Thank you. Hey, now that we're getting vaccinated, any uh, photographers or designers out there always looking to expand and work with new people and expand my creative circle? So Love hit me up if it. you want to work together. I'm Really excited to get back out there as as things are going to become safe in the future. Um, we doing something when I come up there. We doing something because I look fantastic and I want to let my locks down and flex on everybody on Instagram. Yeah, we got to do some promo stuff. We should get like a cosplay one in, and then uh, yeah. this is uh, you know just us like being cool and being us. Yeah, yeah. Come up and visit. We'll schedule some. Definitely. But shameless plug: my synth pop band. Well, not I'm not the leader of it. It's my it's my girl Hannah. But the synth pop band I'm in, Dune Hunter, is working on a really badass album, you guys. I mean, I might be biased, but it sounds fucking awesome. Follow us at dune.hunter, D-U-N-E dot H-U-N-T-E-R on Instagram while we get the rest of our pages launched. That's all going to be happening in the next 
month or two because we are ripping this album this summer. We've got a single dropping in May. So a word? Yes, yes. a single in the music video. I am excited. I'm, I'm going to do what the kids do, and I'm just going to go to sleep at night and play the song on repeat so y'all get all the fucking streams. What a babe. <laughs> but as we say... It's good, too. You'll like it. It's good. Oh, I'm sure that I will. I'm very excited. Vibing music. I'm very excited. Yo, you know I like vibing music when I write these notes anyway, so I think that'll be perfect. Yes. Maybe someday I'll put a little a little teaser clip in one of the episodes. Ooh, do it as the, like the outro music one day. Yeah. But yo, as Jenny as I, Jenny and I always say at the end of these episodes, <laughs> bye. bye.